This isn't your average business podcast, and he's not your average host. This is the James Altucher Show on the Choose Yourself Network. Today on the James Altucher Show. So I just, as an example of what you said and what I just said, I just went out to LA to pitch a TV show. I pitched Netflix, Amazon, NBC, CBS, ABC, Fox, TNT, CNBC, an amazing bunch of meetings, an amazing bunch of people, amazing production company setting up all the meetings. And I said yes to all the meetings because I, I didn't yeah. want to make a crime of uh, uh, omission. Oh, and um, I wanted the experience. How many people get the experience of pitching the heads of media yeah. in the world? Uh, and But the other thing is, let's say everyone rejects me. You, you can't, you know, you can't, uh, I don't know how to say it. You can't take things personally. You know, I like the distinction between expectations and expectancy. You don't have to have a specific expectation. You have expectancy, like good things are going to happen. And again, mm. my favorite quotes, things work out best for those who make the best of the way things work out. Like, things work out best who make the for best. For those who make the best of the way things work out. For, for those who make the best. Oh, okay. I see. So <laughs> however it works out. Yeah. I will make the best of it. Absolutely. And so things will work out the best for me. They will. Going backwards in the course. Yes, club. absolutely. I, I, I remember one time I met a hedge fund manager. I wanted to raise some money from him. And because he, uh, and, and, and I was desperate to raise some more money to build a viable business of my hedge fund. And, he said to me, look, uh, I can't put money with you. We're, I don't know where you're putting your money because I don't know yeah. good or bad. It's hard to figure that out. And the last thing I need, and this is him saying this to me, the last thing I need is to see the name of my firm, Bernard Madoff Securities, on the front page of the Wall Street Journal. And I remember leaving his office so depressed, I figured, oh, how am I going to compete against Bernie Madoff? Like, And I literally switched careers wow. because Bernie Madoff was wow. better than me in wow. my mind. Wow. Now, nobody knew then that he was a scam. Everyone later said, oh, we yeah. knew, we knew. Wow. But I can guarantee you they didn't know because people were calling me saying, can you get wow. Can you get us into Bernie Madoff's fund? And part of that though <laughs> is people are blind because they see something they want, right? Like they see, you know, they, you know, Warren Buffett famously said like, oh, how do you know when, uh, when the when the tide comes in, you know who's not wearing shorts, right? So, right, like, but how do you know before the tide comes in is the problem? Well, Ken Langone talked about Madoff, and he said he he just felt, and I'm sure you did too. There was something uneasy about you, some intuition. And in Langone's case, he said that Madoff was like, "Listen, I got this great thing for you if you want to do. It. I'm not even telling my current customers." And he's like, "Right, what kind of low life scumbag is like giving me a deal like I just met?" Well, well and I know? see, I see deals all the time, right? And yeah. so the, the one rule of thumb I always ask myself is, no one wakes up in the morning and says, I have to give, I have to make sure James Altucher makes a lot of money. Yeah, <laughs> Nobody. Wow. So, so I was pitched a deal the other day, um, a, a successful real estate guy, as far as I know, he's successful. And he's got a commercial development in, in a up and coming city. And he's like, look, we raised already 3 million. We just need a final 50,000. Uh, I figured wow. I'd show you the deal. I haven't spoken to him in seven years. And wow. and I don't know if he was just being nice or what, but I always, I didn't, I of course passed on the deal, but I always say to myself, why am I magically 
he knows every real right. estate developer in the world. He raises money for every other right. project. Why did I suddenly magically seven years later get this amazing sure. once in a lifetime opportunity? It never ever, 100% of the time, <laughs> never happens. So that's the way I check myself always. And when I start to feel that greed, like, oh, I could get in on this great deal. Is nobody it, ever woke up wanting to give me a great deal. Is it sort of the, um, if it seems too good to be true, then it usually yes. is, or you yes. saying that usually 100%. <laughs> but you have, to, you have to, that's why you have to take it further because everything sometimes seems too good to be true. Uh, even when you have good luck, it seems too good to be true. But I remember one time, this is like 15 years ago, someone called me, they were setting up a telecom company in Africa yeah. and they said, uh, Clinton is coming in, George Soros is in, and we're almost done with the round. We need $24,000, $25,000 more. We'd love to have your hedge fund in. And again, I go home thinking to myself, is, 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 is Bill Clinton really waiting by the phone for a phone call from this guy saying, guess what? We finally got James <laughs> Albatrain. It's a go. <laughs> well, like, no. Like, so there's a scam there. And that guy did go out of business. I remember in 2002, I was in Cambridge and my friend Mark was like, look, my friends Dustin, Chris, and um, Eduardo, <laughs> They're starting this company online. <laughs> do you want to do it? <laughs> yeah, but but think about Facebook. Yeah. There was a lot of skepticism. Sure. They didn't know what the business model would be. Like, yeah. you know, it's execution too. Eduardo yeah. Saverin said, we're going to go out of business unless we sell ads. And Mark Zuckerberg was like, no, no ads. So there was a lot of skepticism Absolutely. around there. And only someone like Peter Thiel who understood the power of, you know, there's Metcalf's law, which is that the value of a network is exponential to the number of nodes oh, in that network. So he valued based on some scientific principles and and saw that Facebook was going to be huge. But if you were just looking at a business model, no one knew. Sure. So and and look, I had the opportunity to invest in Google and I turned it down because five search engines had just gone out of business. Oh wow. So uh you know, a lot of things you don't know, but when someone creates an above and beyond deal just for you only, there's something wrong. One of the smartest things you've ever said, like, and I haven't been that many. No, there've been a lot. Is um, <laughs> I've said a lot of stupid <laughs> things too. Probably even on this podcast. <laughs> Me too. I'm the ringleader of dumb things, but no. But I, I always, I think it's worth repeating. You know, your whole story about how you reached out to a lot of people and you offered to buy them coffee, and how your life changed when you said, "No, I'm going to provide value for them." But uh, when I was dead broke down and out i realized you can't you can't blame anyone else for your problems and you can't ask for anyone for help uh because no one wakes up thinking today's the day i help james altucher everyone's thinking about how can i help myself today and that sounds crass but maybe i don't mean it that extreme but that's the truth and so you have to and I call this choosing yourself. I also, in the book, choose yourself, I call this this daily practice. So I started doing this, which is that A, you have to be healthy because if you're not working on your health every day, you're not going to come up with ideas. You're not going to execute on those ideas. You're not going to be inspiring and so on. Then you have to be emotionally healthy because if you're arguing with all the people around you every day or if you're fixated on people you don't like or who have betrayed you or whatever, you're also not going to move forward. You're, you're too, you only have. 60,000 thoughts a day, if 40,000 of them are about people you don't like, you've just wasted 40,000 thoughts. So you have to be emotionally healthy. And then creatively, creativity is a muscle. People think, oh no, Mozart just at the age of nine wrote a concerto because he's a prodigy. 
No, as Anders Ericsson and uh, Malcolm Gladwell have pointed out, by the time Mozart was nine, he'd already put in, because his dad, Leopold, was a famous composer and an instructor, he'd already put in his 10,000 hours of work. Tiger Woods picked up a golf club at the age of two and was winning tournaments by the age of four because he's putting in thousands of hours of work. So few people are born, most people are made. Right, and and, and so that requires work and what Anders Ericsson calls deliberate practice. But what I do is I take out a waiter's pad and I write 10 ideas down. And it's a challenge to come up with 10. And I will say this again, um, not like, I just, it's amazing. Like, cause I've started to follow a lot of your practices and in the words of the monkeys, I'm a believer. Well, well Neil it, Diamond, it works. It works a hundred percent. There's evidence. I'm a better there's evidence. version of me. People say people used to think this. So there's a kind of um, um, there's kind of brain cells called myelin, which um, put I don't know all the science, technology, whatever the word. But basically, there's when you learn something, neurons start to get connected. When you learn something real, extremely well, there's something called myelin, which builds a sheath between neurons, so that stays in memory. That skill that you learned. And so the people who are the most skilled have the most myelin around the neurons relating to those skills. And so people used to think that myelin was only built as a kid, but it's just simply that kids have more time, more hours per day to spend exercising the connections of those neurons. It turns out you could build myelin up till old age, but uh, people do not consistently play the piano all day when they're 45 years old because they have mortgages to pay and kids to pay for and so on. So that's why they always say it's hard to learn languages, hard to learn new skills and so on. But you can learn it at any age. And and um, so, so creativity falls under that category. Creativity is a, a muscle, it's a skill to learn. And by writing down 10 ideas a day, you, you learn that skill. And people say, oh, ideas are a dime a dozen. That's just simply not true. And good ideas are definitely not a dime a dozen. Good, you might have one good idea every year or so, but if you don't practice the creativity muscle, you'll never have a good idea. And then people say execution's everything. What they forget that the way you execute is itself an idea. So, so I know a guy who's building a business. I won't go into the details of the business, but he's trying to sell his product for the highest possible price so he makes money. And I said, no, why don't you try giving the product away for free? The cost of the product is nothing. So give away the product for free to as many people as possible so you get the network effect that we spoke about with Facebook yeah. as opposed to just pure short-term cash. And so that's two easy ways to execute on the same idea, but one execution model might create a bad business and the other execution model will might create a good business. And I'm not saying I'm right or wrong. It's just two different models. I think you're right. And, and, and execution ideas are just as important as creativity ideas and it'll make or break the a success. So, so what I just started doing is at, at first I made a list of all the people I wanted to meet and mentor me. Um, and I said, Hey, can I buy you a cup of coffee? But as the story, as I always write, it's not like Warren Buffett gets my email and says to his secretary, Gladys, hold all my calls. I'm worth $75 billion. And James, someone named James Altucher wants to buy me a 60 cent cup of coffee downstairs. So I have to just wait around for him to make an appointment with me. He, No one says that. So what I have to do instead was I 
studied each person I was writing. I came up with 10 ideas for their business, sent it to them, sent it to 20 people, each catered to that person. Three people wrote back. Uh, 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 one person, uh, I, I literally wrote him 10 pieces of software to model the stock market. He was a hedge fund manager. He allocated money to me. Another person I wrote, he was a writer for a financial site. I said, here's 10 ideas of articles you should write about. And I really researched the idea. So he almost didn't need to write them. I gave him the outlines of the articles. And he wrote back and said, these are great. Why don't you start writing them for me and for my site? The third person, I forget the ideas I had for him, but he's like, this is great. I will meet you for a coffee. But that was only three responses out of 20. So still, this is to your point about yeah. persistence, that still required a lot of, I had to send, if I had just sent three emails to yeah. the wrong people, I not, wouldn't have gotten a response. People expect everybody should respond. They're not. Yeah. So, uh, but, you know, again, the first person I created a hedge fund out of his first amount of money, uh, that's the hedge fund guy that both, both Roy Niederhofer and I had worked for. The second guy was Jim Cramer, and he ended up buying a company of mine for $10 million five years later because I built up that relationship. The third person I did not respond to until 2014, 12 years later, and that's when Nassim Taleb came on the wow. podcast. And the other 17 people never heard from again. But you um, might. You might. I mean, you never know. Like, why, You don't know unless you do it, and sometimes, fine. Well, like when you send a letter to somebody, yeah. you don't say, please come on our podcast. You say, hey... You have a book coming out. Here's similar authors who have yeah. been on our podcast. Here's how other ways we'll promote your what you're working yeah, what on. What I won't say is we've had so and so and so and you know uh, you you need <laughs> if, you, if you're no, like somebody anything. had sent us for those people out there producing land or you know publicistville you know and they said good enough for Stanley McChrystal or Bill Walton good enough for you or and I was like. Yes, it's it's not good enough for. I mean, like it's moronic. Like what I what I, I mean. So for those of you out there, right. like what I'm saying again, I have your trust and attention. Like when we pursue people, it's not just that we've had these other people. P.T. Barnum could be right. There's a sucker born every minute. It could be about how, you know what, this guy is amazing. Like he's we're gonna do a different interview. Like it's not it, replicable, right? Not and perfect, here, and, but right. You know. And it's not. It almost sounds selfish to say, hey, they need to cater to our agenda. Yeah. I don't. But the reality is. We have a nuanced agenda. We're looking for peak performers that also yeah. could be a little bit entertaining to the so the listeners yeah. keep going. And uh we're, and, and that's a different way to look at it. It's not like you're good or bad. It might not be a good fit. And that's okay, you know. Um and I think that, you know, one thing I really did learn from you is the idea of choice, you know. And for example, you know, if somebody says, Hey, can we have this person on? You know, right now in this room is a woman I haven't met who you know, they said, okay, well, how about we just meet? And if they're interesting enough or smart enough or dedicated enough to say, you know what, let me come up to you and I'll meet you for a half hour. There's a hundred other ways to do things. Again, like GZ, there's a million ways to get it. Like maybe they'll come on another time. Maybe you'll go on their thing. Maybe I'll learn something from them. Maybe a year from now you could do something. But you, again, what you've always talked about is you just have to do things. You have to just do it. Like it's better to commit an error of commission than omission. And some people are very short-sighted when they say no about the podcast. I, my choice is to say, thanks so much. Please come to a podcast. Or, right. hey, and then, and then have other guests. And then in the future, we're always thinking yeah. of their agendas. Like if we see always, another always, opportunity always. to help them, we Always. could say we could say hey. Sometimes we don't even say hey. Come on our podcast. You, yeah. we'll, we'll specifically say hey. Go on 
XYZ podcast, it'll actually be better like than Tanya ours. Dalton, for, maybe it's better for you to go on. Yeah. So, so Kyle Fussman's podcast or Jordan Harbinger. You the, know? The, yeah. the, the final part of this daily practice, which nobody ever talks yeah. about, they always talk about the ideas, the 10 ideas a day on a waiter's pad, because um, that's the one that's most immediately you could see. What you'll see is within three months, you're, you're having better ideas. And within six months, everything you look at, because now you're, yeah. you're, your myelin is wired around those creativity muscles, everything you look at, you'll start coming up with ideas. And it's, it, you really see a visible effect but so everyone focuses on that but there is a kind of what i'll call the spiritual side which i hate to use that word because it almost sounds religious or new agey but you know you kind of have to focus is maybe another way of saying is you have to focus on and we talk about this process versus outcomes so i just as an example of what you said and what i just said i just went out to la to pitch a tv show i pitched netflix amazon nbc cbs abc fox tnt cnbc an amazing bunch of meetings, an Al amazing bunch of people, amazing production company setting up all the meetings. What did you say? Al Jazeera. <laughs> I, I would have pitched them if they had wanted to have a meeting. And um, but I pitched. Uh, it was like the. It was like an amazing. I I said yes to all the meetings because I I didn't yeah. want to make a crime of uh, uh, omission, omission. and um, I wanted the experience. How many people get the experience of pitching the heads of media yeah. in the world? Uh, and. But the other thing is, and this is where the spiritual aspect is, let's say everyone rejects me. Okay, I might want to understand, did they reject me personally? Did they reject the idea? You know, whatever. But I won't, I won't be upset because you have to, we, you, you can't, you know, you can't, uh, I don't know how to say it. You can't take things personally. You, mean, or you no. can't take yeah. things personally. And you have to kind of learn to be have as much well-being as possible in each moment because the cliche is you might die the next moment. Yeah. And uh, you figure out what you learn from the experience that could benefit you, not only your life, but the lives of the people around you. So I'll definitely have several articles. I'll be able to write about it. I learned a huge, I viewed each meeting as like a mini podcast. So I learned a huge, yeah. huge amount about the state of the media world from across the spectrum, maybe in ways that even they don't see in their own little palaces. Yeah. So, so it was a. So you I have to view you, things as an amazing just experience. Just for everybody out there, I think great things are going to happen from it. And I think, you know, I like the distinction between expectations and expectancy. You don't have to have a specific expectation. You have expectancy, like good things are going to happen. And again, mm. closing with one of my favorite quotes: "Things work out best for those who make the best of the way things work out." Like, things work out best. Who make the for best. those who make the best of the way things work out? For for those who make the best. Oh, okay, I see. So, <laughs> however it works out, yeah. I will make the best of it. Absolutely. And so things will work out the best for me. They We're will. Going backwards in the yes, quote. Yes, absolutely. And then I will say another Steve Cohen quote, which I always <laughs> quote without giving you credit. The way you do, I use this quote in the pitches, actually. Oh, great. The the way you do anything is the way you do. Or the way you do. Uh, no, if you always do what you've always done, you'll get what you've always gotten. Correct. And so my point is in that quote is that everybody, the, the show is somewhat about transformation. Yeah. Um, and people are coming to the show because they need transformation, but that means they have to do things drastically different because the way they've done it before yeah. got them to the point where they needed a transformation. So they have to do things differently. Anyway, I think the personal solutions of doing this daily practice, that works. And that is something everybody can do. If everybody did it, all the other problems will be solved. But the reality is nobody does most things. <laughs>
How, can we make that into true, a Stephen, true and related? Can we, can we make that into a Steve Cohen style quote? <laughs> nobody does most things. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, <laughs> well, well, yours sounds like Yogi Stu- Berra is like nobody ever goes there; it's too crowded, you know. But um, but yeah, we definitely have to <laughs> well, think yeah, about yeah. it. So yeah. Steve Cohenize it. Can oh, you do it on um, the fly? Yeah. No, no, um, yeesh. Put me on the spot. Okay. Um, nobody ever does most things. Yeah. I mean. No. Yeah. I mean, so we can't to, say nobody ever does. No, I think it's what you're essentially saying. It's that it's. It's um, simple, but it's not easy, right? Like it's it's simple, but it's not easy to do. Or maybe nobody ever does the things that will make you a somebody. <laughs> yeah, I like that. That's really good. You, you, you have That's that really good. Of, what's it called? Oh, uh, you uh, always an, have an, that. Yeah. An anaphor, like the Ted Sorensen. Yeah. Ask not what your country will do for you. Ask what you will do for your when you, country. So when you, you doubt your power, you give power to your doubt. I mean, yeah. there's a lot of them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, there's a lot. So I know what you're talking about. Yeah.